The best things in life are free. Bang, 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 bang. So come suck my bung and bing. Bang, 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 bang. That's what I want. That's what, that's what he wants. Hey, that's what I want. That's what, that's what he wants. Hey, that's what I want. Come suck my bungus. Welcome to Death Metal We're back, god damn it, and we're back into some brutal death metal. We're coming at you hard this week. You know what I'm saying, buddy? Oh, yeah. You're slamming that vodka? Slamming it. I recommend you guys always tune into our live recording on YouTube because Buddy's tits are out right now. They're tits. glorious. You can see them if you're tuned into YouTube. As always, we want to give a shout-out to our parent company, Professional Pirate Media. You can need to like them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that shit, son. You got to get connected socially. You know what I'm saying, buddy? Oh, yeah. You got to get your game tight. How tight? So goddamn tight. Don't tight. say it. <laughs> uh, man, we're fucking stoked to be back. We're done with black metal, which is a great thing. So finally we can move away from a hotly contested fucking series. Thanks for tuning into that. If you haven't listened to it, go check them out. Check them all three out and then come back and get into some more devilish shit with us because tonight is certainly heavy on the satanics um i guess we'll plug social media before we go uh we're still doing the roast us contest which means if you give us a five star review on itunes and roast us in the comments the best one is gonna win this gnarly candle holder that buddy made out of some animal bones that he found there's a picture of it up on all of our social media shit um, so far, we've got a tie. Well, I'd say it's neck and neck between Mishka Shabale, friend of the show, and uh, Darla Christie, who I don't know, but she fucking got us. <laughs> yeah, she did, dude. She fucking did. Uh, if you want to keep up with the show on Facebook, give Death Metal Dicks a like. Death Metal Dicks on Instagram. I guess I'll stop being lazy and make a Twitter this week. You can follow Death Metal Chris on Twitter. You can add me on Facebook. Tons of you guys have been messaging me across all social media. If it takes me a second to get back to you, it's because I'm drunk and it's nighttime. And it goes through that like message filter thing on the internet. And I get so many messages from you guys. And then I look and go through that filtered thing when I remember. And I got back to everybody, I think, so far. So, yeah, keep communicating. I love that shit. It really makes me want to work hard and give you guys a great podcast. So you hit us up on Instagram, also um, Lloyd Have Mercy six six six, and uh, smells like Teen Chris. And send us messages, and we'll talk about anything with you. People have been asking me about Satanism. <laughs> I guess I've become a representative, buddy. Ooh, we start our own <laughs> church, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to do it if you're a real Satanist. You don't want to deal with anybody else's goofy shit. All right, and then uh, I guess we'll do some begging up top. I need help with a website. Uh, yep. I guess we're at that point. We're really. Got the fucking traffic chugging along, and uh, I've been advised <laughs> that we need to get a website. So, I mean, it's not that we don't want to pay. We will, for sure. It's just we're not rich. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're starting out. We're fledgling. You know, we don't have, like, any type of fundraising shit going on. It's just if you like the podcast, something you could really do to help us out right now, if you're, like, a web designer, you know, which a lot of people that listen to podcasts are because you sit around and click and clack on the computer all day and we're in your ears giving you the hot scoop about death metal and murders. Hot scoop of shit. Yeah. And then <laughs> if you could build us a website, that'd be tremendous. If you want us to, to pay you some money or get with you on paying for the domain name or however that stuff works, just uh, hit me up, Christopher and Pierce on Facebook. I'll work something out with you. Um, yeah, that'd be tremendous for us. We just need a straight-up website where we can upload episodes and <clears throat> make a easy dock to keep track of things. Guess what? What? Mark just said he would do it. Oh. We'll cancel. I didn't know you made websites. Our producer, Mark, makes websites, and so that's what I get for not asking questions. <laughs> I mean, if you want to make it, uh, let's have a contest. Let's see who's, uh, no, I don't know. I now, I'm, now I'm baffled. I'm guffawed. You I don't know why I didn't just ask Mark. <laughs> Shout out to our producer, Mark. You got to listen to his podcast, the flagship podcast. Uh, a couple episodes I really enjoy are the Adam Fawcett and Andy War episode, and I like the Raj Suresh episode. Just uh, peep that up and give it a listen. It's a lot of goings on and um, local Arkansas things, but it's interesting to anybody. There's some really funny stories on that Adam Fawcett one. Mm. 
drinking some water. I'm getting parched. All right, so let's dive right into it, buddy. You ready to go? Let's do this shit. Tonight, we're talking about the Ripper Crew, sometimes known as the Chicago Rippers. This was a satanic cult, a self-proclaimed satanic cult. They're suspected in the disappearances and murders of at least 18 women. They were led by a guy named Robin Getch. They terrorized Chicago and surrounding suburbs by abducting women, then sacrificing them to Satan, then dumping the bodies all over the city at random spots with the same telltale signs of each murder. They stabbed women, strangled them, mutilated, and left their left breast amputated all across the board. Left for the left-hand path. And if you don't know what we do on this podcast, we take grisly true crimes and compare them to some of our death metal, so- our favorite death metal songs. Tonight's no exception. Buddy hates it. I got my way. We're going to compare these grisly crimes to Six Feet Under's classic song, Torture Killer. Grab some liquor, your favorite beer, some weed, some acid, some cocaine. Have somebody shoot it up your ass like Stevie Nicks when her nasal cavities collapsed. Shoot all that up your ass. And uh, let's get to the bottom of this bullshit. You ready to rock, buddy? Yes. All right. Hell yeah. So the police first got wind of this shit. This was basically a spree killing. You know, there was a serial killing situation, but it was only about a year long. And police first got wind of what was going on. February 12th, 1982, police received a call about an abandoned car. They get to it, and uh, the car matches up with a 35-year-old waitress that had been reported missing the day before. Her car was out of gas, purse was left on the front seat, so keys were in the ignition. Chances are she probably ran out of gas, hopped out of her car, hoping maybe a stranger's going to come along in the mean streets of Chicago and help her get some gas. Unfortunately... Uh, A few days later, police were on search, and they found her body on an embankment along the same road. She had been raped, tortured, and mutilated. The Chicago police reported that none of them had seen a body this bad within their time on the force. So they kept a lot of the details private, as police do, as we know from how much we explore true crime. So that way, if they find a suspect not everything's out in the newspaper so when they interrogate people they can hit them with specific details this one was the first murder that they noticed that not only was she mutilated but her left breast was completely amputated Mm. just a few days later police find another body of a hispanic woman wearing an engagement ring she had been raped and strangled but her breasts were not amputated why well, the killer in this one had just uh, badly bitten her breasts and then jacked off all the hell over her. God. <laughs> well, we'll find out it's more than one dude, but boy, did they cover her in skeet. Bukaki Tsunami. Yeah, this is a real tit-heavy episode, just to let everybody know. Hey. We're going to Titty City, and if you're looking on YouTube, buddies are out. Woo! You can see them things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... This second murder, you know, again, they're starting to put the pieces together because this is the early 80s. We've already gone through all the serial killer shit, especially in Chicago, where just a few years earlier they had caught John Wayne Gacy. And uh, once they saw the second murder and they noticed the thing with the breasts, they got a police psychiatric assessment. And uh, here's what the psychiatrist said about the uh, assumed killer. The attacker is a local man who loves animals and has a family. He also has a dark side that no one knew, turning into a cruel, psychopathic murderer at night. Yeah, no shit. But where'd the animal thing come from? Because he bit the tit? I don't know. What would your tit taste like? (laughs) Um, It depends, man, because lately my diet's been good. But I eat only, like, green vegetables, meat, and a lot of fat. So not good. Nah, man. Probably just like a greasy shit. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, each one of my tits, they taste like a fucking Popeye's chicken breast. Yeah, yeah. You probably got like a fried chicken barbecue patois going on in there. If you eat my you ass. You got the gravy. <laughs> if you, you, eat- you probably just taste like Popeye's Cajun gravy. In my ass. That's what I was getting at, dude. <laughs> oh. Yeah, chowing down on the ass is like mashed potatoes and gravy from Popeye's. That's what your asshole tastes like? Do you know this from scratching ass and then touching tongue? Well, I'll make the gravy from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, that's February. Just a couple months later in May, police... Oh, I'm making a gross throat noise. You hear that? 
yeah, you ready to get fucked? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple months later in May, police find remains um, in the same area that Sutton had been dumped. I don't know why I skipped the name, but the first victim's last name was Sutton. That same road, they found another body dumped at a cemetery called Clarendon Hills. The victim here was Lorraine Borowski. She had been abducted from her job walking across the parking lot. This one's rough, so I don't feel like we forecasted. I thought the black metal ones weren't that bad, but I guess it's probably time to issue a warning where if you like listen to the black metal episodes and you were like, hell yeah, these guys are pretty gross. Let me tell you something. <laughs> that was mild. This is wild. So if you're not prepared to hear about rape and torture, then just uh, maybe look for a different episode that we put out because this one's not going to be the one for you. I'm just going to cut and dry, go into it. Uh, Lorraine was repeatedly gang raped and they took a piano wire and tightened it around her breast. You know what they did with the piano wire, buddy? Flossed. Maybe. But at this particular time, they just kept twisting and twisting and twisting until the tit popped all the way off the body. God damn. I don't even know how to think. All I could think about is like I saw a video on YouTube one time where this dude and a bunch of kids had a watermelon and they started putting rubber bands around the watermelon and they like kept putting them on, kept putting them on and the watermelon swole up real big on both sides. Then finally it blew up in half. That's all I could think about. It's like they took the, they took the piano wire and put the tit in the wire and then just started tightening it and tightening it. In a piano wire, it's like a garrote, right? It's like a long yeah. piece hey, of metal. Also, tits are called melons. <laughs> <laughs> Popping that melon. But it had to have popped, right? Like a big blood explosion. Like how else would it? It's not like the tit just came off smooth. I don't know, dude. It's, it's like a fucking uh, thing of uh, liverwurst when it comes in bologna, you know, like like bologna shape. Oh, like the uh, like the like a whole baloney. So it just tubed, <laughs> like tubed liverwurst. Man, you just cut it smoother. It was like a zit though. It just like kept swelling up at the top and oh, then man. popped out. So it just came off. It's like a nice loaf, a tit loaf, or party hat. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it, man. It just, it, dude, that's like it's I like I've been trying to think all day long. Like, how would a tit come off under pressure? Man, it would be like a boo from fucking Aladdin's hat, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you sitting on the Sabu oppression? <laughs> this is the same Donald Duck guy. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Yeah, so they just popped her tit off, man. And uh, they found the body again. Um, and they noticed the trend. Like, these guys are fucking titsmen. They're going to keep ripping tits off until the we can. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a way cooler crew name for these guys than the Ripper <laughs> Crew. The Ripper Crew. No, 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 no. You got it all wrong, officer. We got to channel Chicago. Man, officer, you got it all wrong. You know, I was over there eating sausages and chase. And then I was just thinking about, eh, I like tits. And then, uh, what if I could make the tit like a sausage? And then I just put the chase on it and squoze it. And then, eh, got a tit sausage there. Yeah, they call us the titsman. <laughs> um, tit Rippers would have been cool, too. Yeah, Tit Ripper would have been a cool crew name. Tit Ripper's a fucking sweet-ass British heavy metal band name. It's not, yeah, I was going to say it sounds like uh, something that Judas Priest sung about. Tit Ripper. Tit Squeezer. <laughs> tit Fucker. <laughs> um... Wow, man. So two weeks later, on May 29th, Shui Mak, which I assume is a Chinese or Japanese lady, was leaving her family restaurant with her brother. Apparently, they were in his car, headed home. They started arguing in his car. He's sick of her bullshit, as you would be with your sister. Mm -hmm. Drops her off. And he says that he assumes her parents were going to be right back behind him and pick her up off the road, not leaving her out there alone. But wrong, wrong, wrong. The old titty boys saw another opportunity, kidnapped her. Imagine how that brother feels. You just dropped her off to her tit doom. Dude. Tit Doom. There's so many fucking <laughs> cool things going on. Yeah, if you guys are starting to ban, make sure you listen to Death Metal Dicks to cultivate a name from because we're dropping them out tonight. Tit dropping them out like tits. Moons. <laughs> um, yeah, so she was never seen again. Uh, she was abducted, and they didn't find her body until four months later because they buried her at a construction site. Of course, the trademark, no left breast. No left breast behind. A real conversation is tonight. 
Um, two weeks later, they have like a on-off thing going on so far. You notice that? So like, there's yeah. two back-to-back, and then a break, and then two back-to-back. I always wonder with murderers how they decide when, especially with like a crew. You know, like yeah, yeah. like you want to keep doing it. That's the way it works. There's always, I mean. Unfortunately, because it was a group and it was more of a spree, we don't have a lot of personal information on these people. I mean, I looked up, I tried to look up individual biographies and I could find out like their date of birth and where they came from and shit. But really, who gives a fuck? I couldn't find like, like super personal details from each person on every single crime because I like to know what led up to this. Like, were they torturing animals? Were they beating as kids? Molested, you know. I like to know what led up to this type of shit. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, with this, because it's just a group of people, it kind of everything I could find just kind of jumps in on this. I mean, there's some crazy details that we're gonna get to later on about being young with uh one of the members of the group, but the rest of them, you don't really know. So they just they kind of have like an on again, off again, but not very long. I mean, it's over like a year long period. Yeah. So they'll have like one, and then in two weeks they'll have another. Then they'll take a couple of months off, and then. Bam, bam, back to back. So I don't know. I mean, obviously with the tit thing, we got to think right now. There's something sexual going on. They're oh, just they're mutilating, raping. So I shouldn't say we assume there's something sexual. There's definitely something. I mean, but it's like a group of dudes raping somebody, you know. And so with it being so rapid and then off and then rapid and then off, it's hard to paint a mental picture. I wonder of, what day, like I don't know much about like too much about this i try not to know too much but uh i wonder if like the dates maybe have something to do with like satanic holidays or something like that because you know in some like pagan and satanism religions there's certain days that you do whatever yeah i don't know yeah unfortunately with these guys i mean there's a satanic angle but it's kind of a stupid one it's not what you would hope like when i said it's a when i said it's a satanic cult up top i mean like uh Satanic is in the most satanic things you could find at like a Barnes and Noble. <laughs> oh God, they're not really diving in too deep. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I, mean, I assume that they just are probably fucking banging pills and meth and shit, and they just sit around and talk about it. And then they're finally like, "Woo, let's go get us one." And so, two weeks later, June of nineteen eighty-two, it's like deer hunting. Yeah, and you know, also with killers, the the serial killers we've done so far, we always find that they, they come across. They realize at some point, like, God damn, man, some people are fucking hard to kill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And plus, you know, they've already killed three people now, so they they have, like, a pattern. They have, like, a track record. You know, they've done it a certain way. They're going to try to do it again, um, but they didn't kill this person. And I think a lot of the reason is is because, like... Uh, when they've been cutting the when they've been cutting their tits off and shit, they've been alive. Is what they're doing autopsies, and this is the early '80s, so it's hard to take an autopsy's word for it. Yeah, but you know they'll do like the the time of death in correlation to when the body was found. But they can usually figure out, I guess, based upon like clotting of the blood and how the blood came out and how much trauma there is to the area. Like if you get cut while you're alive, your body reacts differently than when you've gone through rigor mortis and shit, you know? Yeah. So they can tell basically that the breasts have been amputated while they're still alive. You know, like they, they, they basically made them watch it sort of thing. So I assume even before finding anything out that they're drugging them probably, you know, because if you're going to, I mean, it, it's basically going to be impossible to hold a human down and do something like that without them botching it, you know, especially with like a piano wire, dude, you're not going to, I mean, you, I mean, I guess you can with binding them and shit, but it's going to be hard to just, like, piano wire. From what off. I understand, man, like, people that keep their victims alive before they kill them, like, and do some crazy shit, like, cut a tit off. Like, it's like the whole, like, punishment angle. Like, letting yeah. them know, like, this, you're going to die. Yeah. So I want you to know this, but we're going to keep you alive. You yeah, know? there's a word for it that starts with a P, but I can't fucking remember it right now. Para something, whatever, fucking. Yeah. I'm not going to remember, so it's not Paraphilia? Paraphilia, that's it. Is that what it is? Nailed okay. it. <laughs> Look at buddy. Buddy from downtown with the mental turns. Buddy is like uh, 750 milliliters of liquor in the game, so good work, man. Coach. <laughs> um, two weeks later, June of 1982, they <clears throat> try to kidnap Angela York and do the same thing, but she fucking survived, man. Uh, she was left for dead, same thing. And uh, this is the drug angle that I'm talking about. They force her to eat a handful of pills. So that's the thing is if you if you fucking feed someone pills like sleeping pills or uh, painkillers or whatever, 
I guess it's hard to tell if they're dead, you know, especially if you've done it, you know, if you've done the same shit to three other people and you dumped them and they died, you do it to the third person, you just assume they're dead, but then lo and behold, they didn't die. Um, But the thing is, is that she was all pilled out, so she didn't have a lot of details to give to police. She just woke up and uh, she remembered, I mean, this one's fucking super gnarly, man. Like they, they, uh, they kidnapped her. She was just walking to her car, same MO, and they were kidnapping people at random. Like they, they got some prostitutes, but they also would just grab whoever. So the city's fucking freaking out. You know, you're in Chicago. They grabbed a lady like right by Wrigley Park, which is where all the tourists are in Chicago. Yeah. So they're not exactly trying to be quiet about anything. Which is so fucking weird that they just like randomly pick up people because most like people that are serial killers, they never have like randoms. It's always like there's a yeah. no like, I like well, prostitutes or whatever. The fuck. I think the thing with that is that they're working in a group. I yeah. think they're an opportunity because they got the they got the woman that uh, ran out of gas. So they're just driving around, then you see that, and you've got that on your mind. It's just, well, here we go, like, free pass. And then the other girl got in the argument, and uh, she got picked up on the side of the road. And then the other girl was walking to her car at night. So this is just another reminder, if you got women in your life, make sure that they're prepared to handle a fucking conflict, you know? Get those women's in jiu-jitsu, or buy them weapons. <laughs> Get a gun. Yeah. Jesus. This is a, I mean, 18 women ended up disappearing because of these people, and it's just kidnappings. Like, it's straight-up kidnappings, so it, this shit happens. Another know? good one, man, is, uh, like, a steel point pin. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, like, if you're carrying a knife on you, you use it. They think that you have the idea that you're going to stab somebody. Use a pin. Gouge your fucking eyes out. Skewer the eyeball. Suck the eyeball off. <laughs> I just want to let you guys know Buddy's intently studied ninjutsu before. So his, <laughs> he's got a very uh, prominent word Chase. on self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part about Buddy doing ninjutsu is he did it after fighting a whole bunch of MMA fights and doing ninjutsu. <laughs> so he knew better, but he did it anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. So anyway, take Chase. care. All right. Take care of the women in your all life. Right. <laughs> so they they fed her a handful of pills. They had her handcuffed, and once she got dazed into pills, they took the handcuff off, and they fucking put pressure on her breast, gave her a giant knife, and made her cut her own tit off, dude. Fuck yeah! You imagine that? <laughs> That's so wild. What do you, they had to have been listening to metal, right? It's like an A two. Or they're working their backyard burgers. <laughs> <laughs> They're just sizzling meat. Cut that titter off right now. <laughs> you want to get a fucking what's their what's a backyard burgers special? What do they got going? I don't know. Fucking, <laughs> I big, haven't seen one. Big Bobby's backyard burger <laughs> special. Yeah, why can't they have a big Buford? That's the Damn, mother man. of all. Um, yeah, so they make her cut her breast off, and what she says is that at that time, Get got so hot he cut a fucking hole in her. Fucked the hole, came inside of her, and taped the wound shut. What? Whoa! <laughs> it's like in fourth grade, and they made you make clay volcanoes, and they're like, you, you put some fucking uh, baking soda in it, and throw some vinegar in that motherfucker. And it blows. But you put tape over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why did he tape it up? That's so weird. Was he thinking he was trying to, like, impregnate the wound? Whoa. <laughs> God, dude, a tit baby? That'd How be so, so rad. <laughs> It just is. It, it makes its own milk. It's easy science. If he would have perfected this formula, he could have changed humanity forever. If anybody wants to try it, I'm here. Yeah, don't consent because remember in our cannibalism episode, we talked about that guy consenting to have his own dick cut off. I'll fuck him up. The other dude still went to prison. Uh, yeah, so she. The only detail she could give police about the whole thing is what happened to her, what she remembered, and then that there was two guys driving around in a red van. And that they told her that they'd been doing this to prostitutes for years, that they had been kidnapping and torturing them. So police tried to look for it, but that's not a lot to go off of. Two guys in a red van, especially in Chicago. Everyone's got a red van. And everyone's two guys. It's a, <laughs> yeah, a hot dog wagon. Yeah, they're just fucking, you don't like sausages? I like sausages. You, you know what I like with my sausages is chase. I like to put some chase on my sausages. You know, you go down to the place down there by the street where they give you like un, like a big huge helping of French fries. Oh, you talking about dogs. you talking about Bobby's down there? Bobby's, yeah, Bobby's. They always get you a big huge helping. You get your hot dog and you just yeah. fucking you, you cram it down your fucking throat hole and you see what happens. Yeah, you know what I like at Bobby's is I like to get the Italian beef over there. Oh God, with some chase, chase. And it just makes me 
horny, and I, then I like to cut tits off, and then I like to put my cheese in the wound. Yeah, you don't even know what you're talking about because you didn't even dip it in the wajou sauces. <laughs> Man, fucking Italian beefs, dude. They're so good, Woo. dude. I would fuck bread right now. You would fuck it? Yeah, because I just haven't been eating it in a long time. <laughs> it's been a while. Mark, you got any bread? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'll do the baguette's a good one. It's a whack it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so th- since she didn't give the cops enough details, the guys were still on the streets. They're just looking for a red van. That was in June. Two weeks later, in August, they strike again. Cops were called about a body dumped off by the Chicago River. This girl's wrists were bound together, tied behind her with a shoelace. She had had her left breast removed, and her bra was knotted around her throat. This is sad because she was a teenager, and she was a prostitute. And she had been killed just six hours before police found the body. Lord. So they're really starting to, you know, the heat's on. They're looking for bodies. They're looking for vans. And then uh, shit fucking escalates, and they end up kidnapping, well, allegedly, maybe perhaps kidnapping, this lady named Carol Pappas. Who is the wife of former Chicago Cubs pitcher Milk Pappas? She disappeared, and police found her body four years later in a pond. Police ruled that her death was accidental, but the reason that I'm bringing it up now is because in these guys' confession, they took credit for doing it without being prompted to do so. So that's a weird thing that the uh, media said it was an accident. Maybe that was to give old Papa Pappas. A little bit of closure and maybe think that his wife didn't get gang raped and murdered. Yuck. <laughs> then we had Rose Beck Davis. She was a marketing executive and she was found stabbed, raped, and strangled. A black sock was tied around her neck and her face had been smashed in with a hatchet. Whoop, whoop. Damn. Yeah, apparently all of her friends said that she was real scrappy. Like, she wouldn't go down to do anything without a fight. Um, She was a real live wire, that one. And so, I guess they didn't have her way and cut her breast off and get to do all the things that they're known to do. It was just a rush killing, as happens sometimes with serial killers. And she had deep cuts in her breast, tiny wounds in her abdomen, and then, like I said, her fucking face had just been smashed all the way in. Holy shit. And after that crime, the FBI is getting involved, and uh, I thought this was pretty funny. Um, A dude named Robert Ressler, he's an FBI agent that worked for the Behavioral Science Unit. He he comes out, and this is the profile that he gave of the killer. This is the funniest shit that happened in the 80s, just the way that, uh, like, law enforcement and anyone with a media platform would come out and talk shit about everybody. You you couldn't get away with this today, but I thought this was hilarious. And <laughs> just I the interview of it's so funny. It's just like a like pretty rugged standard FBI agent looking dude with a suit on. He's got the little earpiece in. He pulls his glasses up, but he looks in the camera and he goes, "This attacker wasn't sure of their sexuality. Must be bisexual and probably has an effeminate appearance." Wow. <laughs> just talking shit, man. You think that, I mean, it, it could be an FBI tactic to try to get the guy come forward and be like, fired up. I ain't no fag. <laughs> ain't no, you're, you're trying to queer me up on national TV? You know I ain't gay. Look at me now. I've been down here at Portillo's getting me what I wanted at the hot dog stand. Dude, Portillo's <laughs> is the one. You're, it is the Portillo's. Oh, <laughs> I go down to the Portillo's. Here's something they do that you might not know about. First of all, to put the cheese on the Italian beef there. And they take a fucking chocolate cake slice there and they put it in a milkshake. They call it a cake shake over there. I'm talking about a whole piece of that there chocolate cake in a shake. Yeah, it's fair to be the fucking good. And you know what you're going to do? <laughs> you just start like Irish. <laughs> oh, man. Accent gang. <laughs> I spent plenty of time in Chicago to know the environment. Yeah, I me mean, too. basically, everyone's got gout. Remember that? Yeah, and they, they look do. they look like gout. Remember the old Texas donut spot by, by the hotel? We <laughs> oh were at? yeah, dude! Like holy shit! That shit saved our lives. We talked about that in Maybe. the last episode. Yeah, who cares? Uh, <laughs> here's a funny Chicago memory: is that one time we we, we went to uh, what was the name of that festival? I mean, it was a one day festival. It sucked. Yeah, with Cannibal Corpse, dude. Well, oh, no, it's you're like talking the, about a uh, fucking uh, my chow main. Whatever. Chow. It's like an energy drink festival. 
when we went to it, it was expensive as shit. We go inside, and we got there. Uh, it was at, like, House of Blues. Yeah. And uh, it was packed. We didn't want it to get sold out. And uh, we, we drove all the way to Chicago because we were working there that weekend. Get in town. We go to the festival. We buy our tickets. We go inside. We make a lap. Some shit-ass band is playing, so we try to leave. And as we, we're going to go buy cheap beers somewhere and get drunk. for not, I mean, it's like $9 beers at House of Blues, you know? So we're trying to walk around uh, the streets of Chicago and get drunk there for cheap. And they inform us at the door, no reentry. Like, well, we're adults. We're not kids. Here's our IDs. And they said, no, no, no. Like, nobody that got in can go back out. And it's what time? It was, it was like noon. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> so we want to see Cannibal Corpse mainly, which is the headliner. So we're stuck in House of Blues with $9 beers and not very much money until fucking 2 in the morning or midnight at least. So Buddy starts walking around, and he's got this move where, one, if you're holding a drink with a straw in your hand... It was look, Summer Slaughter, dude. Summer Slaughter, okay. That's what I think it was. If you're holding a drink with a straw in it, and uh, you're walking around, Buddy will straight up walk beside you and sip out of your straw <laughs> without you noticing because <laughs> of the ninjutsu, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sneaky as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, if you put your drink down, he'll just snag it and keep walking and drink it. Well, we had probably been there. I mean, you we did were, it too, motherfucker. You saw me do it, and you go, "All right." Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, definitely. I don't actually. I don't think I did, dude. No, you. I did. don't remember. I watched it all. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to get drunk. Nine dollar beers. Here's the bottom line: someone, some young lady, had been watching Buddy do this throughout the day, <laughs> and we watched Exhumed. <laughs> we watched Godor, and then like some shit ass man came on, and Buddy just walking around, still doing it. And some girl comes up to him, and she goes. I've been watching you, and you're disgusting. <laughs> Everybody just goes, thanks. <laughs> and then, dude, we get done with the show. We walk outside on this fat motherfucker. He was wearing, like, combat boots with knee-high white socks. He just trips on the curb and falls down. And it's me, Buddy, and two of our friends, and we just bust out laughing, and he looks Can up. I do it? Can I yeah, do yeah, it? Yeah, you can do it. This is what we based our Chicago accent on, is why I'm framing the story. You laugh at me when I break my fucking leg? Nah, he blew it, dude. Did I? Well, he goes, uh, he goes, oh, you guys think it's funny when somebody falls down and just breaks their leg? <laughs> and I go, yes. <laughs> and then everyone around laughs. It was a good time. And then we ended up getting 40 ounces, drinking them in an alley. And uh, the cops, under, the, getting by the cops, <laughs> the cops showed up, and we just smashed the forties and took off. That was a kick-ass day, man. That was a kick-ass day. Uh, but yeah, that's where my Chicago accent comes from. Is that guy laying on the ground? Oh, you guys just think it's funny? Laughing guy that fell down there and just broke his leg. That and that fucking <laughs> dude you cut off like multiple times, and he's like, "He think it's funny cutting me off, you jack off." That it looked like the same. They're just all they're all red, bloated because they're just eating sausages and cheese. And Italian beefs. God. <laughs> they're good. Yeah, they're good, but you just can't cram them in your I'm fucking still, ass all day. Dude, I, clearly, I'm still fucking recovering. <laughs> yeah, man. Chicago will fuck you up food-wise. Anyway, we're, oh, yeah, we're talking about Chicago, so that's fair enough. Um, So, yeah, you got this FBI agent calling them fucking fags. <laughs> and then uh, police get the break they need, man. Um, fortunately for Beverly Washington, though, she was found clinging to life in the trash. Her left breast amputated and the right one nearly ripped off. And she was seen by a bystander. He called 911, got her in touch with the police. And she actually did a pretty fucking kick-ass job because right away in the state she was in, all drugged out and fucked up, she was able to give cops all the details they needed to start making a move on these guys. Yeah. Um, she said... A man about 25 years old with a flannel shirt, a greasy mustache, and square-toed boots had seen her hooking and offered her way more money than she was act- asking for for sex, which was the first thing she got nervous about. He opens the van door to get her inside and then brandishes a pistol. And we're talking about Gek right now. He's the guy doing it. Um, she- Gek's got a Gek. I think it's. I think that's how you say it. It's G E C H T. That's Gek, right? Gek's got a Gek. Is your pussy swollen fat? Get in the van. All right, I thought you were going to keep going. <laughs> uh, Gek brandished a pistol. He then forced her to strip and give her and the other guy in the van oral sex. She complies, and then he handcuffs her 
and forces her to take handfuls of pills. She says she doesn't want to. He puts the pistol in her face and says he's going to fucking shoot her if she doesn't take the pills. So she does, and the last thing she remembers is him holding a cord over her neck as she passed out. Whoa. Whoa. And see, again, you get them all drugged out, and then you fucking slash them up, and you think you strangled them to death, but they're probably just in a goddamn coma from all the pills you gave them, you goober. She was able to describe the van as red with tinted windows, a wooden panel inside, and you're going to like this, buddy. Am I? The most damning detail of the van is it had that shit where it's feathers hanging down and a roach clip attached to it. God damn. Bro. <laughs> some shit my mom probably has <laughs> yeah, right now. dude. You know there's a dream catcher in the back? And <laughs> they turned it into a cream playing catcher. Fucking, playing some fucking heart. Oh, Barracuda. <laughs> <laughs> This was like 82, though, so they were probably listening to, like, Ozzy and shit. I would bet. What year did uh, Bark of the Moon, or what Diary of a Man Man, that's the first one, right? I don't know, dude. Right now, I'm just drunk as hell. I'm not drunk, I'm good. Well, as always on <laughs> Death Metal Dicks, we make statements that we presume to be facts, which often are not, but I'm pretty sure that Diary of a Madman was the first Ozzy record to come so out. I think so, too. And uh, Mr. Crowley's on that, and I think that was, like, 1980, maybe 81, maybe 79, but I just imagine that these guys are driving around like, Mr. Crowley. That's the soundtrack that I like to put to this. But there's, dude, Priest is out. Um, ACDC. ACDC's out. What other heavy ass? I mean. Nazareth, dude. <laughs> Nazareth kicks a fucking ass. Venom was out, dude. These guys are oh, yeah. in the, Dude, they got to be into that shit. Have to be. They're retarded. They don't. You know. Only one of them. Uh, <laughs> All of them. <laughs> uh, in a way. And with that, the police had enough evidence to track the van. They found it the next day, pulled it over, and a guy named Eddie Spritzer was inside. It's S P R E I T Z R. So if it's not Spritzer, now it's Spritzer. <laughs> is, the, is it a retard? Will you quit? That's a retard. I just name. asked you directly earlier to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eddie Spritzer was driving. He didn't fit the description of the murderer that she gave them, but when they pulled him over, they asked what he's doing in the van, and he said, oh, it's my boss's, Robin Geck. And they go to Geck's house. And when they knock on Geck's door, guess what? He's wearing the same fucking clothes she described him in. Flannel shirt, square-toed boots, greasy as hell. That's every fucking construction worker. (laughs) That's true. Anyone that drives a van with two dudes today. But, yeah, anyway, he's wearing the uniform. But the thing is, man, is that when police... They got a fucking cooler full of cores in the back. Oh, for sure, dude. <laughs> this drywalling it. These are metal dudes. Hell yeah. Uh, the, the police were blown away with Gex because they figure... In their minds, so they, pull, they find the van. They see the guy. They ask him whose van it is. He takes him to the guy who owns the van, and he looks just like the description they just got from that girl. But Gex is fucking wild with police. He's just like, I don't know why you're here. And they're like, you don't know anything about last night? He's like, no, I was doing this. And he's just smooth. Like, they don't have any way of leading him into saying anything. They Police that go to his house actually feel like he didn't do it, which is insane to me because if you're just out there ripping people apart and you're smooth like you, like Rob Thomas with fucking Carlos Santana. Damn. You're just like some titties. Ripping up poons. You got In the, the middle of fucking June. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a good time frame. You nailed it. Uh, and then, so, they don't know what to do. They take a bunch of pictures of different people and mix him in with those pictures. And then the victim is picks out Gex two different times, two different pictures, um, scrambled up amongst things. So then they send detectives to go back and question him. When they go to the door, guess what? He's got a fucking lawyer with him. So he's not going to talk to police. He's not going to give them any information. And uh, we're going to find out later on probably somebody that was in that very spot just a few years earlier gave him the advice to lawyer up. Yeah. Really makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> and police never get shit out of Gex, man. They get frustrated with him. They're trying to shake him down, and uh, they can't get anything out of him. His emotions never change. He's fucking cold-blooded, man. They never are able to get any confession out of him. 
They're never able to get him implicated in any way. All the police tricks where they try to stumble your story up and be like, but I thought you said this. I thought you said you were here. I thought you were wearing that. None of that shit works on him. They can't do a fucking thing with him. They try every detective they can, and they're having uh, way more of, a, of good luck with Spritzer. Um, but the thing with Spritzer is, is when they have him alone, he's basically letting police know that he's willing to tell them what happened if they keep him away from Gex. But when they get him near Gex, he starts fucking freaking out. And he's like, I don't, like, he goes back away from the shit that he's saying. You know, he's like, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And he's like acting real nervous. He gets all sweaty and jumpy and shit. And so police, you know, they're fucking cops or detectives. It's the early 80s, but they've still seen enough crime and dealt with enough due process that they know enough to separate the two, you know? And once they get him alone, and they start doing the shit where they start offering him protection. They say, like, look, man, like, if it's not you and it's him, then you need to tell us what's going on. We'll keep Gex away from you. We'll keep you. You're going to get in less trouble. You know, classic police shit, which he, of course, falls for. And uh, he finally starts singing. He finally starts telling them what's going on. Uh, but at first he tells them it was Gex that was doing it. And then... A super weird thing about this is that they bring Gex into the same area where he is, but he has no idea. Like, nobody left. Nobody said, hey, we're going to bring Gex into, like, the room next to you. He had no idea, but he could, like, feel the presence of the fucking guy and start losing his shit. And then he's like, no, 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 Gex didn't do anything. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't do anything. He he, He never did anything. And then he starts fucking saying that it was his girlfriend's brother, this guy named Andrew Cocorales. He says that he's the guy that killed everybody, but then he couldn't even give the police enough details about Cocorales to make them think that, all right, this guy did it. They, like, asked him what he looks like. He's like, I don't know. What's he wear? What's he drive? Where's he work? He couldn't answer any of the questions, so the cops are like, this guy's full of shit, and they just think that he's fucking afraid of that guy. And nothing's come up about them being satanic yet with the cops or anything, but they're just noticing a weird relationship between the two. And I thought it was super crazy that they them bringing him, and this is police report. It's not like a hearsay, like someone wrote a book to make money off of it sort of deal. Like straight from the police, when they brought the guy into the room next to him and didn't say anything to him, he started acting all crazy and shit. It's a spiritual connection. I guess so. If we, Does if that we, mean they were butt-fucking? That's, no, man. Like, you know the fucking, the guy that's a detective Kojak? Yeah. Well, if you aren't jacking you off and another dude jacks you off, that's a Kojak. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting Kojaked. And you're being a, you have a spiritual connection with another person that Kojaks you. Yeah. So, like, if he gets one hand around, you get the other hand around, you help each other out. On oh, your man. Dick. That's a Kojak. <laughs> dude, Kojaks could rule. Kojak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If you were in the next room, I'd probably fucking know, you know? I you guess. Been, you been co-jacking me? <laughs> yeah, if you're jacking me off, I would for sure know. Man, my shit's like an elote, like a heavy corn. Chili powder <laughs> elote? <and cement. laughs> you just mayonnaise and corn? <laughs> mayonnaise, corn, and chili powder, man. Spice me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, so... Once they, uh, once they arrest the... Uh, what the fuck, dude? You threw me off with the dick talk, which was hilarious. I don't care. So I just got... Oh, yeah. So, Andrew Cogarellis, once they bring him in, again, police think, like, this guy's full of shit. Whatever. We'll go question him. It's his girlfriend's brother. He probably doesn't like the guy. Dude, right away, this dude starts fucking singing to the cops. He tells the cops that they've been kidnapping women off the street, raping them, stabbing them with knives, razors, tin can lids, and can openers. Why tin can lids and can openers? Were they having a fucking snack break, getting some boiled peanuts along the way or some shit? Like, yeah, let's cut that bitch with these, too. God. That's weird. A fucking pork and dings? <laughs> <laughs> I need some Van Camps right now. God, dude. <laughs> pork me. And uh, he didn't know any details about the crimes. Again, remember that cops kept that shit about the tit being cut off a secret, right? He tells them right away that they did the piano wire thing. No prompting. He confessed to the murders of Rosebeck Davis and Lorraine Borowski. And then while they're talking to him, they just ask him some leading questions. And he inadvertently confesses to them being involved in the murders of 18 women. That's where that number comes from. It could wow. be more, but they don't, you know, they only got convicted for so many because they found out the particular evidence in each case where they could pin them down with it. But they never named all the 18 names, so they never quite got to the point where they could implicate them for all 18 murders, if that makes sense. Um, 
so yeah, he also told cops that he he was the guy that assaulted Sandra Delaware. He said she started to scream, so he put a rock in her mouth and then shoved a wine bottle inside of her, which is what she bled to death from, and then he stabbed her. Inside her snatch? Yeah. Man, you know A what, wine bottle. You know what I did, dude? This what? Is fucked up. Well then <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh I was at this like I was out at a bar one time and mm-hmm. fucking this was a while back. But uh, we were at, we were swimming at this lake afterwards, and there was a girl. She's trying to be real cool. I was like, I'll give you 20 bucks if you fucking put a wine up your snatch. And she did, dude, and I was blown away. And I gave her 20 bucks because I didn't think she was really going to do it, but she did. Felt bad. That's a lot of money for you. It is, man. And she just did it with no lube? Dude, lake water. Whoa. In Arkansas lake that water. That had to make, like, a pressure vacuum in there. Dude, I felt like such a piece of shit, like, after she you did You are that. a piece of shit. I am a piece of shit, but I'm not, like, that kind of piece of shit. I was kidding. She did it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, yeah, but yeah, I guess she bled out from that, and he had stabbed her. And uh, that's just all, you know, that's the type of, that's all details that the police have that haven't been released. So that really confirmed to them, like, all right, this guy did it. And the other guys are implicated, too. And then they start, they, he has got a brother around the same age. Oh, an important detail in all this is that the uh, Getch was, like, 25, and everyone else was just barely 18. So he was the ringleader-ish. Yeah. I mean, he's like an older dude, and these guys are just trying to hang out with, like, the cool guy from the neighborhood. Like a Manson type. Yeah. man. I mean, kind of, dude. He's just not He's not really that enigmatic. And Manson is just a dork. <laughs> he never did yeah. shit. Uh, we'll, do a, we'll for sure do a Charles Manson podcast um, in the near future. But he, he, he was way more – he's way more of, like, a – character than this guy yeah you know this dude's pretty bland but i'll tell you why in just a second so this dude's uh brother tommy is arrested and he's what we would call retarded he can't connect the pain to to the the brain brain. uh and uh his brother starts giving him all types of details too he confesses to the murderers he tells on everybody and it just leaves police with a question like, why did you fucking four dorks do all this shit? You, I mean, what was the point? You guys cut off the tits. You did the same type of massacre. It was a, it was within a year. Like, why did you get to this point? Same thing I've been wondering this whole time. And if you guys have been on your edge of your seat wondering the whole time what happened to all those tits... You're about to find the hell out. Let me get a smooth sip. Yeah, again, <laughs> this is the part of a podcast where... If you made it this far, it's probably not more gross than anything we've done. But if you got some liquor around, I highly suggest you fucking pound it. If you smoke weed, you should pause it and get ripped as hell. Because we are we going to some weird territory right now. So these fucking ding-dongs are some of the dorkiest self-proclaimed Satanists I've ever heard of in my life. What's going on here is that all these younger guys decided to join up with Robin Geck's satanic temple that he made in his goddamn apartment. (laughs) So this dude lives with his fucking kid and his wife and the top left corner of their fucking apartment. He turns into a shrine. He painted six black and red crosses and placed a red tablecloth over a speaking altar. Sick aesthetic, bro. These idiots were taking the fucking titties they cut off. Every time they'd cut off a tit, they'd go to the shrine, take a knee in a circle, fucking make a pentagram, light some candles as you do, and then they would take the titty, they would cut it into pieces, every single one of them would jerk off on it, and they would eat some of it. Fuck. And then they would take the leftover tit and put it in this tit-cum-treasure box that Gek was keeping. And what really drives us home, like, here's the thing with Satanism, It's man. like a tuna salad, This is tits. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gross. Yeah, yeah. It's the mayonnaise. Like, <laughs> a tit salad instead of mayo. You just got four dudes cum. Just throw a bunch of elastic relish on that shit. Oh, Jesus. Um, so these fucking nerds. This is the problem with Satanism is, like, in the 80s especially... People just heard about it and were like, whoa, that's fucking cool. The devil? Let's do some devil shit. And just made up some dumb shit to do. And what I hate so much about this is that they're trying to make their own satanic rituals and services. So while they're eating the tits, Gex decides that he's going to read the nine satanic statements out of LeVay's satanic Bible. Is he eating the tit? Yeah. 
He is? They all are. And I'd be the guy being like, all right, guys, go ahead. I'm going to read this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but God damn it, dude. Let me, I'm just going to read the nine satanic statements to you because it's so fucking dumb. Like, how do you correlate these nine things with eating a tit soaked in cum? Wait a minute. How wild is it that you eat a tit? How wild is it that you eat a tit with cum? How wild is it that you eat a tit with your brother's cum on it, dude? <laughs> oh, my God. Your retarded brother's cum? You're just eating it with tit? The retard guy's God. like, I mean, it makes sense, you know? He's like, hey, applesauce, but you know? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. Uh, I hate this. But, yeah, so, okay, so here's what this fucking dork is reading. This co- Try to coordinate this with me. Satanic statement number one, Satan represents adult indulgence instead of abstinence. Okay. Number two, Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Number three, Satan represents undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit. Number four, Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. Number five, Satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek, or tit in this case. Number six, Satan represents responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires. Number seven, Satan represents man as just another animal, sometimes better, more often worse than those that walk on all fours, who, because of his divine and spiritual and intellectual development, has become the most vicious animal of all. Number eight, Satan represents all of the so-called sins as they all lead to physical, mental, or emotional gratification. Number nine, Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had as he has kept it in business all these years. Tell me, where does that say anything about sitting on your knees and eating your dumb brother's cum on a ripped-off tit. Where do you even get that idea? So it's, my, like a, it's like a fucking blue cheese wedge, man. <laughs> dude, I've got a conspiracy theory about the whole thing, but probably the thing that makes the most sense is that this Robin Gex guy really likes ripping off tits and eating cum. And so he figured out a way to bamboozle these kids into doing that with him. And that's what they did. And they thought that they, they thought that they were like making a legit connection to Satan because they're just listening to this guy. It's like I could tell you guys whatever I wanted to about the devil, and you could look it up online. They didn't really have the internet in 1981, so I guess all devil talk is just like, yeah, man, well, sounds fucking evil. Like, Let's fucking do it. Like anything you ever see, like see about interviews with anything that has to do with the satanic church, Levian Satanism. It's all like atheist dudes, and they like just do melodramatic. Yeah, the Levee Satanism isn't have anything to do with it Satan has, at all. It's it, like a, Satan's it's like a, a it's, it's like a goofy character. Yeah, it's just atheism. It's atheism, but you're trolling Christians. You're yeah. just making Christians go, "Whoa, the devil!" That's you just scary. dress in, you just dress in black and fucking listen to Bauhaus repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good ass band. It is, dude. Sisters of Mercy, something like that. But yeah, man, so all of their, all, all the way that the three guys tried to get out of being charged is that they claimed that Gex had superpowers. And fucking maybe he did because he never got charged with murder. He shut the fuck up the whole time. In fact, if, the, if they wouldn't have talked, they would have gotten away with it because there was no physical evidence, which just, I look, I don't be a serial killer, all right? Do not be a serial killer. But if you're into the cops and you've committed a small crime, shut the fuck up. God damn. Because if you don't say anything and there's no evidence in your hand, shut the fuck up and you'll never get caught. Historically, too, man, this is uh, this is another thing. Is like uh, if you partake in cannibalism of like a ritual sacrifice, it is supposed to give you some type of powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, maybe, that's the whole thing. Maybe, they, like, maybe he brainwashed him into thinking that. I think that, yeah, I think that played a part in it. But like I said, I mean, there is the wild shit where he was in the room next to the guy and they didn't tell him and the dude knew he was there. But I mean, at this point, when you've done all this gnarly shit with this guy, you basically just have to be in bed with it. Like, you have to yeah. talk yourself into all this shit or you're fucking insane and stupid as fuck. Which they are. I mean, all those things. Um, so all that Gex got, he got sentenced to 120 years for kidnapping and attempted murder and assault and rape of Beverly Washington, which he admitted to all that shit. She lived. She was a witness. She proved it and he admitted to it. He's still in jail fighting for his innocence and uh, he's still trying to get out. He still maintains that he didn't do shit. And it, I mean, it, 
it worked out for him. It's not like he's going to get out of jail, but the, I mean, he's, I think he's up for parole in 2025, something like that. Um, so he, I, he may get out of jail. I mean, he's old as fuck right now. And it, he played the character so well that one time a reporter asked him like, what's the deal with the tits? Like, come on, like, we know. So just be real with me. And he's like, well, I don't know as far as what you're talking about, but as far as me and tits, my whole family loves him. We've all married big-breasted women. In fact, my ex-wife had a 39D, and believe me, she brought me great pleasure. <laughs> wow. He just loves titties, man. Um, That's th- so weird, man, because all it is is just old fucking milk producers for babies. How does that... I mean, like, yeah, I mean, tits are cool and shit. Well, that I'm just saying, like, that's how manipulative and good he is at saying it. Is that she? He like totally dodged the question and was just like, "Yeah, tits rule." <laughs> like, and you don't have no big dick, man. You ain't tit fucking nobody. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what he's packing? And so for the rest of the guys, <laughs> Andrew Cockerellis was Cockerellis, whatever. He was uh, sentenced to death and put to death. Edward Spritzer, his death sentence was actually commuted. He was. Given the death sentence, but then it was commuted as they got rid of the death penalty. Thomas Cocorales, which is a dumb one, he gets out of jail Friday. And if you're listening to this at a later date, September 30th, 2017, my man Thomas, that did all this shit, is out of fucking prison, walking the streets, dumb as hell. (laughs) This is the retard guy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he'll be all right. Yeah, he's just going to be all dumb-headed and shit. He'll be blown away whenever they're like, what, starter jackets aren't cool no more? Now, let's get into the real, cra- well, not the real crazy, but he- here's the kooky shit about the story, okay? So, Gex. He's going straight to Portillo's, folks. Oh, yeah, straight to Portillo's. <laughs> I've been waiting for the chase and the sausages and the Italian beefs and the al juice. I got to get my chocolate fucking milk shirt. I'll get the fucking cake shake in here. Um, so Gex, when he was a kid, he fucking did contract work for none other than John Wayne Gacy. And you know, Gacy's whole MO was that he was well off financially. Everyone in the community liked him. And he fucking had this thing where he would hire kids to do work for him, quote unquote work, which was basically like digging graves and shit like that, that they didn't know what they were doing. And then he would fucking show him the old rope trick and kill him. Some... So somehow Gex worked for Gacy. Gacy didn't kill him. The only other kids that Gacy had worked for him that he didn't kill were the kids that were state champion wrestlers that kicked his fucking ass and got Hell away yeah. with it. <laughs> That's it, man. Grappling is the key, dude. But here's some wild shit right here, man, is that when Gacy was asked about this guy, he told the reporter the only thing that he'll say about it is that you can only sow what you reap, which gives the impression that he was trying to cultivate a crew of henchmen. And a lot of people thought that the amount of murders that Gacy committed and got away with for so long, he had to have had help. And he was like a fat fuck, you know? Gacy was not in shape. So it just makes you think that maybe he had, like, some of those kids convinced that they were in some type of cult with him, you know? So what I like to think about it is that Gacy was doing that fucking clown party shit and he had a gang of kids and he was like all right guys if you follow me i'll make you immortal i'll give you superpowers i'll teach you how to defeat all your enemies and be a great conqueror and uh what's a good name we could go by let's see how about the insane clown posse whoop whoop damn they kill people with hatchets yeah they ate tits and their brothers come juggalos love eating their brothers come Man, what if John Wayne Gacy was like, the power's in the tit, let me titty fuck you. He's like titty fucking that guy, dude. I got a feeling that Gacy, and, and that's another thing too, is that the guy lawyered up super fast. So he had to have known somebody that had been in that position before and arrested just three years earlier when he was like 22, fucking John Wayne Gacy, man. Yeah. And they for sure had some type of communication with one another and they were real cryptic about their relationship after they had gotten arrested. When they asked Gex about John Wayne Gacy, he said, well, what he did was, I mean, 30-something people, that's pretty powerful, but he just fucked up by keeping the bodies in his basement. So, you know, emotionless. I think, I I, I really think that he, he was at least knew what Gacy had going on and then at least mimicked it at the most, at, you know, yeah. at, at the bare bottom of it. But that shit's crazy to me. And then th- this dude that cannibalized people 
trying to get supernatural powers, check out the crazy shit that happened afterwards. His son, David Gecht, his was uh, 18 years old. He's walking with two of his friends. He just walks up behind a guy, pulls out a pistol, and shoots him in the back of the head in broad daylight. Wow. His son. And his son's doing 40 years in a different prison than his dad. And uh, police said, like, oh, it's basically a gangland thing. But this is a fucking white kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, that guy's son. So, Wait a minute, but what if he's in the insane clown? Posse exactly, game? man. It's that juggalo shit. Maybe the juggalos really are a gang. Someone called the FBI. That rally was all bullshit. It's the truth. We're out here bringing light to the actual insane clown posse's true agenda, which is a giant miracle underneath John Wayne Gacy with High Priest Robin Geck and his son David Geck <laughs> at the fucking helm. They're in the Illuminati. They're the they're the potty of the Illuminati. <laughs> And then another fucking crazy thing that happened with Gek while he was in prison is that Gek's mom came to visit him as she did almost every week with her fucking daughter and his niece or nephew. I can't remember. It was like a three-year-old. And they were driving back and they got their car got crushed in between three semis and fucking killed all of them. Oh, yeah. So there's insane shit around the whole thing. Again, I think he's eligible for parole in like 2020. Motherfucking the dumb... Cockerellis gets out on Friday, and that's why the timing of the story I thought was most excellent. What do you think? That's pretty sweet, man. It's it's sweet in the worst way. I I usually when I'm researching this shit, I'll talk to people that I'm around about it, and no one had heard of this shit, which seems yeah. insane because it was just such a gnarly spree. I mean, was, 18 yeah. women got killed. One of them in was, a short period of time. Yeah, within like a year, and it, it was just back in the 80s, and it was in the middle of a giant metropolis city. So. I think it's a lesser known case, and I'm happy to bring it to light here at Death Metal Dicks. I think it's perfect for us, and uh, of course we're going to compare it with Six Feet Under tonight, so Buddy is going to read the lyrics. I got some funny messages, and some of them were complaining. They're like, I don't think it's very interesting when Buddy reads the lyrics. Well, the whole premise of the podcast is to compare true crimes to fucking death metal songs, call them A. Call them B, nothing's funnier than a drunk, dyslexic person reading. <laughs> so if you don't like it, please eat our ass and give us a five-star review on iTunes anyway. I also want to tell you this much. Me nor Chris are fucking homophobic. So whenever he says the F word and it offends you, it has to do with the case we're talking about. Relax. I didn't even want to talk about that. I know. We, yeah. Quit drinking so much. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> That's the F word. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> We're going to read Six Feet Unders. Torture! Killer! Covering up your flesh until I get the bone. Murder all I can. Truth, death still lives on. Open wounds and sickly skin. Oh, God. <laughs> gangrenous infected dead i'll tear you up and fuck the holes i cut you in i bleh, and fuck the holes i cut you in murder i rape the dead torture killer crushing bone and skid as i break a hole through your cranium mutilated death piles of decayed victims brutalized torturing the human flesh sadistically preserve necrophile Terrified you lie, terrified you live to die, to rot, <laughs> dead in a shallow grave. Murder, I rape the dead, torture killer. Murder, I rape the dead, torture killer. Carving up your flesh until I get to the bone. Murder, all I can, true death. Still lives on. Open wounds and sickly skin, gangrenous infected dead. I'll tear you up and fuck the holes I cut into you. Murder, I rape the dead. One sick fuck, torture killer. Chris Barnes, everybody, the number one lyricist in all the death metal. Now, the reason that we thought those songs coordinated with these murders, we're doing some actual investigating tonight, is because he says, I'll tear you apart and fuck the wounds that I cut into you. When in fact, in this particular case, one of these young men cut a hole and had sex with it and ejaculated inside the body and then duct taped her back up. Wow. It really uh, makes you think. I'm not the biggest Six Feet Under fan, but that song is good. So heavy. Can't wait for you guys to listen to it. It's pretty heavy, dude. Hey, uh, another thing we could ask you to do, since I guess we got our fucking website covered, (laughs) is uh, you could make us an intro song. Think about that. What if you get a death metal band, you guys are pretty good, and you want to get the word out about it? Well, why don't you record us a death metal dick song? Because the thing is, is that we can't use 
someone else's song because of copyright laws. We'll get yanked off of YouTube, iTunes, all that shit. What if they whack us off while they're recording the song? Then it would have our cum, which would technically be a sigil to Death Metal Dicks, would make us even more powerful of an entity. That was a fucking good bridge. Hell yeah. Guys, uh... On Instagram, oh, we plugged all our social media. We're done. We did it. We're we done. did it. We killed it. We did it. That was a great episode. Good job, buddy. guys. Everybody that's listening, good job. Uh, oh, ooh, ah, on, uh, me and Buddy are going to be in Austin, Texas on Friday and Saturday at Altercation Comedy Festival. Buddy's going to be hanging out in the back the whole time. We're going to get hammered. Yeah. Hammered. Hammered. We're going to be out there, so if you want to come talk to us, say what's up. I'm on the uh, Saturday night. I think it starts at 11 o'clock. I'm fucking with the Lizard Man. The Lizard Man. The Ripley's Believe It or Not Lizard Man. That's how good is my Is he going to do like you did on HBO special? Pull his fucking cock out on you? Dude, if he... I'll fight the Lizard Man. If they, I'll, trust me. Man, like, he's going to go win viral. because he's going to oh, yeah, sure. He's a lizard, dude. <laughs> oh, choke the he's going to pull his lizard out on your fucking forehead. <laughs> does he pull his dick out? I don't know if he does that, but dude, on HBO, I think it's, I think it was him. Dude. Oh, like a real sex thing? Dude, he pulled his cock out and was fucking just like, here's my dick. It's I a mean, lizardy. <laughs> he's probably doing that. But it's got like taste buds on it. <laughs> <laughs> he's testing the air with his dick. But yeah, man, Austin, Texas, Kick Butt Coffee. Uh, it's actually it's a huge venue. Uh, but yeah, dude, come talk to me and Buddy about killing shit. Hell yeah! Right, right. And oh, again, metal, metal. Yeah, metal, murder, mayhem. We'll be drunk. You'll be drunk. It'll be fucking awesome. And yeah. uh, keep the feedback coming. I like talking to you guys. Uh, that's it. Satan yeah, reigns forever and ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.